Uh, I hope you enjoyed the worship this morning. I certainly did. I felt God's presence uh, here with us. Um, and I really felt he was speaking to us. Um, <clears throat> a lot of things that I want to say came up in people's prayers, and that's always a, a nice com- confirmation to me, at least. Um, <clears throat> this morning, I, I want to... Uh, Dare you to move towards God. Uh, I, I want to encourage you that Jesus is coming for you. And it doesn't matter what you do, he's still going to keep coming for you. He has got you on his radar and he's tracking you down. <laughs> he's not going to force you to do anything because that's not really his style. But he's coming for you this morning. He loves you uh, with an unending love. Uh, A love that won't give up on you, whatever happens. And uh, I got quite emotional in the worship earlier, and I was hoping that I wouldn't, because I knew that once I stood up, I'd probably end up bawling it, but uh, that wouldn't be the first time. So (laughs) if that happens, uh, (laughs) please don't worry, I will carry on. This morning I want to speak about um, God's grace, his his unending grace, uh, his ability to just keep loving you and keep making a plan for you despite everything that we do and despite everything that happens Uh, and and it's just just amazing uh, to know a God like that. Uh, that's the sort of God that um, changes you from the inside out, makes you want to be different, uh, not force you to have to change when you don't want to. Uh, and and this, is the, this is the excitement of Jesus Christ, uh, in my life at least. Um, you know, I was thinking, you know, God has set me free. He has set me free. Uh, and he can set you free too. And you know what? I was bound up in all my own feelings, in all my own problems, in all my own sins that I couldn't stop doing. And I didn't even know how to reach out to God. That's the truth. I couldn't even do it myself. And yet he called me by name. Was that verse this morning? Can you share that again, Tess? What was it? That's what he's saying. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. You haven't done it for yourself. I've set you free. I've called you by name. I know who you are. Isn't that wonderful? I know who you are. You know, I don't need you to do stuff for me. I want a relationship with you. I called you by name. And, 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 And don't you love that? You know, we wrong God. We're the mess up. And he's the one chasing after us. Amen? Isn't that amazing? He's the one tracking us down. I don't deserve that. You know when people wrong me, you know know what we do? Well, they can come to me if they want to say sorry. If they want want to get what they want, they need to come say sorry to me first. But yet God is, his grace 
is just poured out and he says, oh, I know what a failure you are, but I'm coming for you anyway. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour out on you anyway. Uh, and this is, this is who he is. And I want us to get hold of that because if, if we can really get hold of his grace and understand it, we can be free. You know, otherwise we're bound up and trying hard to, pr- to, to prove to God that we're worthy and to show him that we've, we can fit in. And all that is just rubbish. Um, <clears throat> so let, let's talk about grace. What am I talking about, grace? Um, I, I wrote it down from the, dic- from the dictionary. It says, the free and unmerited, unearned favour of God. Manifest in the salvation of sinners and the bestowing of blessings. How about that? What he's saying is, um, you don't deserve it. What you deserve is, is something, is punishment. That's what you deserve. You know when you do something wrong, what you deserve, you know, I hope he gets what he deserves. You know, that's what, we, that's what this, this world is all about. You know, if you do well, I hope you get what you deserve. You know, and if you're, if you're bad, yeah, I hope you get what you deserve, Pete. <laughs> well, I'm so thankful I haven't got what I deserved. How about you? Amen? Um, <clears throat> but grace takes it another step, because that's, that's the start of grace. That's mercy, which is the foundation of grace. But then on top of that, it says, well, what you deserve is punishment. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pour out my blessings on Tom. How about that? Hey? I'm going to give you a good job anyway. I'm going to give you a great wife anyway, even though you don't deserve it. I'm going to give you great healthy children. God just pouring out his blessings. We don't deserve any of that. And, and he said, oh, you're a... And this is, this, is the, this is the crux of it. This is the bottom of it. God, God said, you, you man have messed up. Big time. You can't pay it back. There's not enough you can do to right the things that you've done wrong. And I know how that feels. Maybe you do too. I can't do enough good things to wipe out the bad things. But God said, don't worry. I'll send my son. Now, he doesn't deserve any punishment, but I'll let him take it all. He can take it all. And guess what? Then you can have the blessings. Then you can have the salvation. Then you can have the relationship that you've been longing for so much. That thing that in your heart that you just know is missing and you're searching for it. You can have it. Because of what Jesus done. And that, that's, that's the truth that I, I'm standing on this morning, is that in my life... Nothing was enough. I could never fix my heart. I knew I'd messed it up. And I was searching for something. I could never find it. And God came and met me where I was in my mess and lifted me out. Isn't that the truth? Anyone else got a different truth? Anyone else got the same story? Amen. All right, let's have a look at this thing called grace then. Let me try and maybe do a little bit of a, a practical demonstration. Right. <clears throat> what we got here.
Oh, I've got a present here. I'm going to give it to someone. Oh, Hannah's got a hand up. The person I got it for has actually gone out of the room. That really doesn't help. <laughs> ah. That's all right, I've got another present. Don't worry. Here we are. Got a present. Brand new pair of running shoes. There you are. All right. Brand new pair of running shoes. How about this? Now I'm going to show I'm going to show you what Grace is not. Okay, Tim. Hey, I've got your present. Come and get it. All right, there you go. It's for you. That'll be thirty pounds. That'll be thirty pounds, please. Yeah, there's your present. I think you got. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, it's, it's a present for you, but just give me thirty quid. And you can have it, all right? No? You're not interested? No, okay. <laughs> but that's not what grace is, is it? Because if he pays me, then he earned them. They're his shoes because he bought them with his money and on his hard work. Uh, and, and grace is different from that. Grace is a freely given gift that you don't deserve. Amen? How about you, Tony? Here you go. <laughs> these, are, these are for you they're size 8 that's your size isn't it Pete told me told me what your size was they're for you mate free gift did Tony earn them no he didn't oh look someone's just rolled in at the back who's that is that Alice oh look we've got something for you <laughs> I've got a present for you, Alice. Have you earned this? You have. <laughs> she probably has. And Mark told me what size you were. Ah. <laughs> all right. Freely given. They didn't have to work for that at all this morning. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to I wanna just talk a little bit because, you know, sometimes we can understand the words about grace, but God hasn't really written it on our hearts yet. Does that make sense? It's not really a reality on the inside. Uh, and God wants to make it so. Now, when I gave those three pair of shoes away and those three sandals, was there a part of you that was like, how comes they get it and I don't? Huh? <laughs> Amen, Tony. Amen. <laughs> what have they done that I haven't done? How about that? I've been, I've, I've been coming to this church for years. How comes I didn't get the shoes? They made me think, oh, I understand why Alice got the shoes. She works really hard. But if that's how you're thinking in your head, then you haven't quite grasped this wonderful grace. 
Okay, because what we do naturally is, is we say, <clears throat> it's about what I do. It's about what I earn. And I'm going to earn my way into heaven. We don't do it on purpose, it's just naturally built in. And that's how we think. If I'm a good boy, I'll, I can go to heaven. And God is saying, you are not a good boy. <laughs> you are not a good boy. And anyone who's got kids knows they're not good all the time, are they? Sometimes they are. But I'm here to tell you, in the best possible way, you're not good enough. Sounds weird, right? You are not good enough. But it doesn't matter. How about that? It doesn't matter you're not good enough. Because you're not getting in on your own works anyway. You're not getting in on your own um, giftings. You're not getting in because you've done something good. You know, and, and as Christians, we can forget that sometimes. God set me free. Jesus did it on the cross. And, and, and I've, got, I've got salvation. He's given me this free gift of salvation. But now I've got to work hard to hang on to it. And as Christians, we can get caught up in that easily. And we're working hard and we're working and we get, grind ourselves down trying to show God that we're good enough. And we're not. And the sooner we just accept it and say, it don't matter. I know I'm not good enough. I'll give up, God. I'll give up. I'm just going to let you and your wonderful grace just come and wash over me. I'm going to let your wonderful grace just let me be at rest. Because that's what God is saying. He's called, he calls us by name. And say, Peter, I love you. You don't have to do anything. I just love you. You don't have to prove yourself. Just come, just, just come and be in my presence. That's it. You know, got to jump up and down. Don't have to put your hands in the air. Just be with me. And he's like that for every single one of us. Uh, and I just want to show you a couple of people in the Bible. I want to start with a uh, guy called Zacchaeus. Um, <clears throat> so let's read our Bibles together. From Luke 19. There you go got your Bibles you can turn to it and then if I'm boring you can just keep reading that's what I used to do <laughs> uh, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy he wanted to see who Jesus was but because he was short he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree uh, to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. But, uh, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, 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 here and now I give Oh, sorry, I missed a line out. I thought that was a bit of a skip. Uh, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be with the guest. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. 
But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, look Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So I'm rubbish at reading. <laughs> it was a bit painful, wasn't it? <clears throat> I just want to introduce you to this man, Zacchaeus. Uh, so it says he's the chief tax collector and was wealthy. Okay, so what we know about him is um, he's short. He's a short person. That's okay. I think maybe he's got a bit of a um, small man's complex. He's always working really hard to prove to everybody that he's just as big and good as everybody else. Um, <clears throat> He's uh, a chief tax collector, so he's not a standard tax collector. He's the tax collector that has all the other tax collectors reporting to him. Okay, so he's a government official. Uh, he's high up, and he's got a lot of money. He says he's wealthy, so he's doing well in life. Essentially, he's um, he, he's probably the type of person who has a five-year plan, and he's on track. He might even be ahead of schedule. Okay, this is the type of guy he is. He's organised, he's intelligent, he's a good negotiator, he's a good people manager, and he's, he, he's doing all right. He's where, you know, in many senses. Uh, but there's something missing. There's something missing, isn't there? Because... When you climb to the top of the mountain and you get there, you realise there's nothing there. You know, well, if I, can just, if I just get that job, then I'll self-actualise and I'll be who I want to be and everything will be amazing. And you get that job and guess what? Life's still the same, still sucks, just the same. And you think, well, maybe if I get the job above that job, then I'll have more respect people and then I'll have people under me and I'll be the man. And you get that job and you find out that job's lonely because <laughs> there's nobody up there with you. And you feel more lonely than ever. And you realise more and more there's something missing. There's something missing. I've got all the money, just like Zacchaeus said, I've got all the money, I've got all the security, I've got all the respect and there's something missing. I need something more. All this is, is just, it's all right, but it's meaningless. I, I'm, I'm searching for something, and I haven't found it yet, and I know that. And maybe you heard about this man. This man coming to town. This man, Jesus. Jesus is just setting people free. He's healing people. He's hanging out with any old people. Even people like me. And Zacchaeus thought, maybe this guy's got what I need. Maybe he's got what's missing inside of me. This longing. Maybe he's got it. And so he runs. And in another version it says, he runs ahead. The crowd was so big around Jesus, he had to run ahead. He ran ahead of the crowd and climbed up a tree. And he climbed up the tree and Jesus comes past. Now, when you've got loads and loads of people around, it's really difficult to work out who said what or who's where. 
let alone seeing short people in trees. <laughs> and what, but what does Jesus say? He says, Zacchaeus, come down. Just like your verse. Call me by name. Call me by name. And he knows each and every one of us. And he knows everything that we're going through. Every failure. Every mess up. All, all the years going in the wrong direction. He knows about that. And he doesn't care. Not one bit. And he's saying to you this morning, Zacchaeus, come down. He's saying, Pat, come down. Come down and see me. That's what he's saying. And I just want to encourage you this morning. Through the Holy Spirit, you might know the Lord just knocking on your heart a little bit. And you know there's something that just needs to be sorted out and you can't do it on your own. And so you just stay outside and you don't open that door to the Lord Jesus. But I'm telling you this morning, open that door, please. He's, he'll come and sort the house out. And so he calls him, doesn't he? And he comes down and, and this is what I love about Jesus. What does Jesus say to him? Zacchaeus, you've been, you've been, you know, you've been robbing people. You know, you've been charging just a little bit too much tax and just taking a cut for yourself. I know about that because I'm God. You need to sort your life out. And then I'll speak and then I'll come to your house for dinner. He doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't say any of that. All he says is this, what does it say? Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I'm coming to your house today. That's it. Yeah, but I'm a mess. Zacchaeus, I'm a mess, Jesus. I don't care. I'm coming anyway. I'm coming just, just how you are. That's how I want to meet you, just how you are. I don't care if nobody else likes you. I don't care if you don't even like yourself. I love you. And I want to come and I want to eat with you. You know, when, we eat, when you eat together with people, when you get, you know, it's, it's hard to get the family around the table all these days, isn't it? You know, you've got the telly and everyone's doing things at different times. But when you get everybody around the table and you just, it can be great sometimes, can't it? And you have a right laugh. And you just, it's that close. It's just great to be a family, isn't it? And, and that's what Jesus is saying, I want with you. I want to come and sit. And let's, Let's talk openly together. Let's love one another. Let's, let's have a laugh together. You know, that's, that's his heart for his relationship with you. And that's why he sent his son. Isn't it great? He says, Zacchaeus, you come down the tree. And he said, don't worry, I'm coming up the tree. I'm going to hang up on that tree and die so that you can be free. You come down the tree and get free. And I'll go up the tree and get you free. You know, tree, I'm talking about this one. And I, isn't he wonderful? I want you to get hold of Jesus this morning. Isn't he wonderful? He'll change you inside out. Let's have a look at one, one other guy. Peter. Now, so Zacchaeus, he wasn't really in the gang, was he? He was an outsider. But Peter, he was the main man. He was a church man, really. You know, Peter, disciple Peter. Jesus, best bud, you know. Um, <clears throat> but he let Jesus down, didn't he? You know that story? And Jesus said, you're going to let me down, Peter. And he says, no, I'm not. I'm going to go all the way. 
I don't know if you've ever, I'm going to go all the way, Jesus. I'm going to be the best Christian ever. I'm going to give up my life for you. I'm going to lay, I'm not going to move away from your side. You know, and what we're really saying is, I'm going to be the best. You know, and, 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 uh, and I'm, going to, I'm going to prove, that's the a, that's a word, isn't it? I'm going to prove that I'm worthy to stand by your side. And we can do that. And, G- and Jesus says to him, Pete, Peter, hey, Pete, you're going to let me down. No, I'm not. You're going to let me down three times. You're going to let me down before the day's out. No, I'm not. And he does, doesn't he? In the most awful way. He denies that he even knows him. But he does it, and if you read through the lines, he does it and Jesus sees it across the courtyard. He sees him say it. Imagine that, you're going to, you're going to die and your best friend doesn't even want to know who you are. Peter went away and he knew, he knew he'd messed up. He knew he wasn't, he wasn't in the gang anymore. He wasn't in that close relationship with Jesus anymore. He messed it up completely. Even if Jesus was around, it couldn't be the same again. How could Jesus trust him again? You know, Jesus had said to him, he was going to use Peter to build the church. Peter was going to be the main man. How can things be the same again? And Jesus goes across and he dies and the disciples are just they're shot really they're um, angry they're fearful they're disappointed don't understand what is going on and yet Peter on top of all this is just completely ridden with guilt he's let himself down He's, he's, he's let God down in an awful way and uh, and I just want to pick it up when Mary, um, Mary and Mary and this other girl, they go to the tomb to, to where Jesus is. And Jesus isn't there because he's risen. Uh, and, um, but there's an angel there. And he says this, he says, uh, but go tell... Uh, but, but go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. They will see him, just as he told you. Tell his disciples and Peter. Tell his disciples and Peter. I, I, I want you to get hold of this. Jesus, this is Jesus has given this angel instructions. You tell Peter he's coming. I love Peter and I'll call him by name. Even though he's let me down. Even though he's messed up. I'll call him by name. I'm coming for him. Even where he is in his absolute pit of guilt and, 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 and wallowing in self-pity, I'm coming for him. Even though he's not good enough, I'm coming for him. And this, this is why I love Jesus. He's not interested in making you work a hundred years to prove that you're good enough. He's not interested in you doing some punishments to make him feel better or any of that rubbish. He's not interested in any of that. He just wants you. He just wants to know that... He he just wants you to know how much he loves you. And so we see this wonderful story um, unfold 
and, and Peter's gone off and he said, look, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm just going to go fishing again because that's what I used to do. And how many of us have fallen into that? I, I've, I don't know where the Lord is and I, I can't see him clearly anymore. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go back to whatever I was doing before. I'm going to go back to my old ways and I'm just going to fall into that and whatever happens, happens. And Peter goes back to fishing because that's what he is. He's a fisherman. And Jesus comes, uh, 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 and this is what I love about Jesus. He comes to find him. He didn't have to go and seek out Jesus. Jesus comes to seek him out. And he comes down the beach and he's waving at them in the boat. Saying, Peter, Peter, cast your net out on the other side. And as soon as, as soon as that fish start filling up, Peter remembers, I've seen this before. I've seen all this before. I know who it is. I know who it is. And he, get, and he just jumps out of the boat. He abandons himself unto God. And he goes. And, and Jesus is there. And, and this is what I love about Jesus. Let's read it. So John 21, verse 15. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? That's all he's concerned with. You're a mess up. You know, anything you want to say to me, Peter? You know, anything you want to? No. That's not how that's not how Jesus rolls. He's saying this. Do you love do you still love me? Do you still love me? And and what would Peter say? Yes, Lord. You know you know I love you. That's it. And then he says, Feed my lambs. He says, and then he says it again. He says, Simon, do you love me? He says, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said, take care of my sheep. And then one last time he, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter, and Peter feels hurt by this because he knows that he messed up. How many times did he mess up? He denied him three times. And yet, here's Jesus restoring him three times. Not asking him to say sorry three times. He said, feed my sheep. And what he's really saying is, Peter, I know you love me and I want you to lead my church again. Feed my sheep, this is what he's saying. And he's saying it in front of all the other guys, all the other 12 disciples. Maybe they thought, ah, Peter screwed up, this is my opportunity, I can be the leader. And, and, and Jesus is coming and he's saying, Peter, I'm restoring you. You don't deserve this, but I'm lifting you up higher than you should be lifted. Maybe people will say, all right, okay, Jesus, restore him make him one of the disciples again, but probably let John lead, you know, because he didn't really mess up so bad. But that's not what Jesus is all about. He's saying, Peter, I know you're a screw-up, and I like using screw-ups. It's my favourite move. That is literally, you read your Old Testament, and God is like, it's like he's having a fun game. He's like, right, well, who's the worst screw-up? Um, I'll use them. And I just want to encourage you, you know, when, you, when we start to grasp who Jesus really is. When we start to grasp his wonderful grace, do you know what? It changed you inside out. Let's go back to what Zacchaeus. What did Zacchaeus say? 
No one had to tell him, you need to do this, you need to do that. Jesus just said, oh, I can see you, I love you. And what did Zacchaeus say? He said, oh, do you know what? I feel so different. I feel completed now. Do you know what? I'm going to give away half my money. And anyone, anyone who I've screwed out of money, I'm going to give them four times what I owe them. What changes a person who's like, you know, like those people like really skinflint. Everyone's got a mate who's like that, you know, like when you go to pay, um, like you split the bill, you know, and they always come up, well, I only had one glass of water, so, and, and you're like, oh, come on, you know, like, do you know what I mean? And, and, and um, but what changes someone from being exactly like that to say, I'll give it all, go on, just take it all, only Jesus, he'll turn you inside out. He didn't even, he's not going to beat you over the head with his book. He's not going to, you must do it. That's not what he's about. Sorry, I'm spitting everywhere. (laughs) That's not, that's not what he's about. When you get hold of his grace and his love, you say, I want to be different. Oh, I don't want to be like that anymore. And now I know what Jesus is like. I want to be like that instead. And you know, Peter, he, he cracked at the last moment, didn't he? He wanted to be the man, but he just cracked. But after Jesus restored him so wonderfully, oh, he was the most solid rock of the church. Um, And he went all the way. They put him on a cross too. And he said, that's okay. That's right. In fact, he said, put me upside down. I'm not worthy to be like Jesus. Changed him. Jesus just changed him. He wasn't the same guy anymore. And that's my story. I'm not the same guy that I was. You can be different too. Jesus can set you free. I think that's it. Amen? So I got a bit excited this morning. A bit emotional. Jesus loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. He loves you.